Welcome to the Copy Room Chat, the podcast for educators just like you. Do you want to gain quick tips and tools to use in your classroom? This podcast is brought to you by the Practical Teachers and hosted by me, Renee Hirano and Amy Youngren. We are both educators and moms with 20 years of experience in education. Do you want to thrive, not just survive in your classroom? Then join us for a quick chat in the copy room. Hey teachers, welcome back to the copy room. I'm your host, Renee Hirano, along with Amy Youngren. This week's topic comes straight from my classroom and something I shared with my first year mentee teacher. Proctoring assessments in your classroom should be a a verb, an active process that you are thinking about and managing. If we address some simple tips and careful planning, we can create an environment that's optimal for students to do their best work. Amy and I wanna give a disclaimer here that we're really talking about in-class assessments, whether that be informal assessments, um, summative assessments, universal screener, any standardized tests, Um, that are given throughout the year, you should follow the rules and regulations of your state assessor. And so we're really just talking about those in-class assessments, the universal screener, um, all of those things. But we do want to be clear about this kind of proctoring. There are specific guidelines for proctoring for those state assessments. Um, And, you know, we, what we're talking about here is the goal is to create this optimal environment for students, right? So that Uh they can feel comfortable they can try their best because we know that trying your best is not equated to getting the best. We know that you have to do that, but it's not, it's not always equal. Okay. Um, being able to show what they know, try to help remove some of that anxiety that comes along with the word assessment or test and, you know, learn some comfort in assessments as trying to use all assessments as formative teaching kids that we want them to be, to show us what they know so that we can make a plan for then teaching them further. And so I think getting them more used to that process as a means to learn what do you know and move forward, not so much as a gotcha. That's right. Yeah, not as a gotcha. I think it's important that we keep in mind that the goal here is to really create that comfort level and um, a place where they're so used to it that they know this is their time to show what they know and they know how to do that. Well, and also like helping kids understand like this is not the only picture, like it's not the only thing I'm going to look at. Now, that's hard to say when I know full well that my my goals for the year, my student learning outcomes are based on a standardized on a not a standardized, excuse me, on a universal screener. Sure. Right. So but I think for kids, it's important for them to know that I'm going to look what you do in class. I'm going to look at these informal assessments. I'm going to look at your body of work. And so I think that is another important piece of this is like, right, you're going to do your best here because I'm going to see multiple places. And right. so I think that's a good reminder for us as teachers as well, actually. I completely I know agree. I, I, I agree. I think that's why it's important that we talk about it, because as educators, we have to find that balance between we know what this the importance of these scores are and how it's tied to our personal evaluation. But we need to separate ourselves from that a bit to um, have them get the best out of these assessments for themselves. So I think the 
one of the important things is starting at the beginning, right? This, especially if it's not going to be a gotcha, how are we going to set up these assessments and set up this process so it's not a surprise and so they can be as successful as possible? We know there's a lot of pre-work that goes involved into routines and procedures in the classroom, and we've talked a lot about that. So there are obviously some that we have to um, address in terms of this assessing environment um, and this testing environment. So I think some of those things are the routines and procedures I think we should mention and the expectations. What are the expectations of that environment? What does it look like and sound like and feel like when we're in um, a testing environment in our classrooms? And then we also have to address some of the individual needs. We know for ourselves that we all are different kinds of test takers and we all show our knowledge in different ways. So I think it's important as educators that we're asking our students what helps them during tests and what makes it harder for them during tests and starting to work through some of that, um, you know, at the beginning of the year as we move into spring assessments maybe. Uh, some of those questions that we um, ask our students, we might may find that some of our classroom feels differently about assessments than others. So we might need to do some tweaking of that environment, right? Yeah, and I think I think really when you talk about those expectations, I think, you know, that it's really important that kids are involved in talking about what are the strategies that I'm going to use, you know, having this discussion about, the, like, what's the purpose of this? Why are we having this math assessment today? Or why do we take a weekly unit to are you a test in reading or why are we taking this I ready or star or what map or whatever you're taking and I think talking to kids about all right this is not about outcome but what's going to help you the most as you take this test right so mm -hmm. what strategies can you use when you're taking these tests and like I we have a, a poster in my room that says test taking strategies and it's like read the problems or make them like draw a picture if I need to understand something or mm -hmm. students will say things like um, you when it's a math assessment it's like use the speaker button because it's not a reading test my kids will tell you that like a math test not a reading test you can listen to all of the things and so um, I think another one is like what to do if you get stuck right but I think it's also this active proctoring is about teaching kids good test taking strategies you know we all we all have taken a praxis test, right? I can, that's a universal teaching thing, right? I use, it's so funny. I teach all these strategies and I don't use them all the time, but in the, in the past year, I've had to take in two praxis tests and I'm like, oh my gosh, I use every strategy. I like take out the wrong answer and I use my time and I, you know, all of those things. And so I think that's the part of that will relieve anxiety for students as well is, being as prepared as possible for situations, you know, that, that come up, you know, also on an iReady or another test, it's adaptive, right? So the test will get harder. Right. If you're the questions, right? So how many times, I don't know about you guys, but how many times have a kid said, I didn't learn this yet. Why right. are they asking me this question? Right. right. Like prepare uh, them for that. Practice that. Yeah. You know, but like what to do. And, you know, a lot of it, I think, Amy, like you said, goes back to also like knowing your students and asking them, Right. You know, students that are get distracted. So you're going to you might talk with them and say, like, hey, I know that sometimes it's hard when you sit right next to someone when you take a test. Is there anything we can do that will help you? And if they don't have an idea, your idea might be, like, can you sit in this spot as your special spot 
so that you're not distracted. Or they might say, I need to, you know, whatever, I need to move or I need to have something around me that I can't see other people or I need to, you know. And so I think that the pre-work is almost, almost the most important. I'm going to venture out and say that. I think so. Because proper planning prevents panic. That's what my mother says. (laughs) And so I think proper planning prevents panic. panic. It does. I like that. Yeah. And so I think just giving them the right environment because it's already stressful is what's going to be helpful. And it's this active thing. And you're, you know, I don't, I don't tell my students two weeks before we're going to take an assessment. But I will say the day before, like tomorrow, or I'll say, you know, casually, and then I'll say to them, well, tonight we're going to get a lot of good sleep. And in the morning, make sure you're here early if you can, so you can get a good breakfast or eat a good breakfast at home. You know, just things that make them feel better, mm-hmm. even if it's placebo, mm-hmm. even if it's not sure. placebo really. But so, yeah, I agree with you. You were talking about the the way you know your students. And I know, um, you know, we know those students that have a tendency to get distracted. I think it's also important to know the students that are going to rush through. You know, we, we know those ones that are, I'm done. Um, so I think even that strategy of nipping that in the bud before we even get there, um, which students will have a tendency to rush through and which students will get hung up and just paralyzed and stuck on something and sit there for a very long time in their own, in their own land. So you can kind of plan for those types of students as well. Yeah, and I think that is the part that can happen. Like kids can get kind of paralyzed, like you said, or uh-huh. or because we talk about it, they could feel stressed because we're talking about it. And I think the more often the risk, the systems and routines are there, the less you talk. Like my talk now before the assessment is way less than it was at the beginning of the year, and that should be happening. True, kids yeah. should be taking that over, and kids should know that, and hopefully start to internalize that as they you know have to take more assessments. So yeah, good I good point. completely agree. And so if we think about then, all right, we've done all this work. What does it look like during the test? I, my biggest piece of advice for my um, mentee was this whole idea that proctoring is a verb and it's an action. And I think the biggest action is proximity around students, like walking around and really seeing how are they dealing with whatever is on the paper or on the computer moving around? You know, you talked about the kids that get stuck, you know, if you're by them or distracted, if you're mm-hmm. near them, they're more likely to be focused. They're more likely to be looking at and what they need to do. And so proximity is huge. And, you know, we all, I would love to use this time maybe to get caught up or do some things, but I can tell you that the more I'm moving around, the more I'm present in this sort of, you know, not obvious way. Yeah. I feel the more secure kids feel or the more that it's like this nonverbal cue of like, keep going, you can do it. Right. Yeah. Pacing around, letting them know you're standing right there, moving through the classroom. <clears throat> and then the types of little positive feedback we can give quietly and um, discreetly in our classrooms you know, and we know our students and we know what kinds of things will feel best to them. Um, but yeah, we really do need to be up and moving around and not using that time as tempting as it is to get caught up on some some things during the quiet. But moving for, through the classroom and 
providing positive feedback and what kind of things do you say? You know, what kind of things do you say in your classroom that, that seem to, to work? I, I talk to kids a lot about, I see you using your strategies. If you have a positive behavior system, like I'll track when I see them using their strategies. And then like, we have these, um, these dollars, these dollars that go to our, like to the students, or it could be like, you know, the class could earn some kind of celebration for using their strategies. It's not about the results, but it's about practicing that integrity with those strategies. I see you focused. Yeah. I see you trying your best. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's in there. just the positive reinforcement to, I think almost to get kids to have positive self-talk, right. Mm -hmm. As they're going along. Yeah. Um, it's also noticing, like, I see that you are taking your time or I see that if you are stuck, that I you can move on, right? You know, if you're taking a paper assessment where you can go back, I teach the strategy of like circle it and come back to it. Don't spend all your energy because then your frustration level goes up and then you the other ones, you might get them wrong or you might not know how to do them or you run out of time. Yeah, so that's great. You know, those little things, nothing, nothing about the assessment, nothing about the questions. Kids will still ask you, I don't know how to do this. And I'll say, I'm sorry, I can't help you try your best, right? There's <laughs> always still that because in a summative assessment, I just want to know what you can do on your own. Um, but yeah, I think positive reinforcement and positive narration helps them build a positive narration for themselves, even if they're the most the student that struggles the most or has test anxiety or, you know, doesn't, a summative assessment doesn't show me everything they know, right? Right. So... Yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's good. Those are good ideas. Um, and I, th I, I think that the other thing is just, just being positive the whole time, right? Just being, it goes a long way. It really does go a long way. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is that if you notice a student is having a rough day, it's really struggling. Since this is, you know, you're controlling when we give this and who we're giving it to. I've had kids where I'm like, you know what? It just seems like you're really struggling today. I just don't think you're going to do your best work today. And honestly, they're often very resistant to not taking it, which then tells me right. that they really can't take it that day. And since I have that ability, right, it's a summative assessment, it's whatever, they can take it another day. Yeah. Don't be afraid of that. It's different than we talked about the other, the other sure. types of assessments, but like if they're not going to show you their best or they're not, you know, maybe they woke up and something happened last night or maybe they just, you know, were late or whatever the case may be. I think yeah. it's also important that we really are in tune and we say to them, it's okay that today you're not taking this because yeah. I want you to show me who, who, who's the be your best. That's a good point. It goes back to being flexible and knowing our students and it might be hard. It might take us off our, off our pacing just a little bit in the plan for the week, but that's way more important to be flexible with that and know that this might not be their best day. That's a good point. Yeah. And then my favorite part, Aim. Yep. About celebrations reflection, right? Me too. Yes. And such an important part. Let's not forget this and just let it, you know, can't like finish the assessment and then fly on to the next unit. We do need to remember this. Yeah. And I think it does start, it really does start making sure that we celebrate for the efforts and strategies, not the results, not just the results. We should celebrate results as well, right? Kids are going to perform. Kids are going to know things. You know, I, I'm, I'm a glass half full. So it's always like, what did they get right? Right. Mm -hmm. 
But it, I think that feedback has to be timely on the, those kinds of results. But I think in the moment, I do bigger celebrations for using those celebrations, using those strategies, because that's what I'm trying to teach. I'm, yep. It's not just the end, right? That's so, so important. And I think also what, when, we, when you said it, celebrating the strategies and it's such good role modeling too, you know, let's focus yeah. on celebrating that we got, that we hit this milestone and we got through this and all the ways we've learned to take, to take these tests and to get through assessments. Let's celebrate that too. So what you said about their, their own self-talk is something that you've permanently impacted as well. Yeah. And I think also like really just showing what they know, right? I think this whole idea of reflection with students in terms of talking with students about what went well, how do they think they did? Mm -hmm. Did they grow, right? Was a big thing is, a huge thing is growth. Really, that's what it's about, right? Like if you didn't know how to do this in the beginning and now you're getting better at it, this is what we want, right? But really talking to kids about how did you grow? How did you, what did you do that caused that? Because sometimes I think they're more like something that happens to them and they're like, I don't know. That's right. so important. What did you do? What did you actually do to affect your growth and to, to make this change? We ask, it's making me think of, you know, we're always so careful to ask um, the people we work with during evaluations, these questions, we ask them what went well and um, ask them to reflect on, on their growth. Let's do that with our, with our students as well. What did you do to cause this change? Well, and I think that's the internalization of the strategies then, right? Like right. I, I uh, was just reflecting with a student who who's pretty high and continuing to make growth. And I, I said, well, what do you think helped you? And he said, well, I know that if I buy other people. And so my teacher or, you know, she let me sit by myself. And another student said, I used this time I used my paper to draw a picture. So I think I was able to get more questions. Correct. Right. Oh, good. And that know that. Well, and it's helpful for other students, right? It gives me an idea of maybe what is the hardest thing. Right? We all know this is the hardest is when you see a kid trying their best. You see them using yeah. all the strategies and they yeah. don't move. Yeah. And so, so then what? what? Yeah. Then what? Right. And so then I can come with authentic student strategies that have helped other students. I also know that I'm telling them this is not everything about you. I see in class that you are able to do the exit tickets. When it comes to this summative assessment, it's like, sometimes we forget, so what do we do, right? So there is some of that, but I think it's also letting them know that like, what can we do for you? Like, I've had kids say to me like, I'm worried when I take this test right. or it's so long. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well then you can take a break, right? Like, but I, I could sit and guess for a million years, right? But asking them, uh -huh. you, you're going to get way more information. And so, you know, it's, it is hard. It's hard when you see them working their tail off. I know. And they don't move. I know. Right? And so then when you talk to them, how do you frame it for them that it's legit? Like, you're like, you didn't make any growth. You didn't grow. How can we fix that? But, or how can I help you feel more comfortable yeah. with this? And it's not all a failure because let's think about how you got through this assessment differently this time than last time. And that is growth too, even though it's not shown in our, in our, you know, little chart or whatever we're looking at. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I have to say for my mentee, um, she was really like thankful for this kind of information or what we were talking about and something over time, because I don't think we always talk about 
this with with everybody or there's no course on yeah. you know um it's it's kind of like what was your experience when someone proctored or gave you an assessment and so I think, Amy, if we talk, if we think about it, our practical tip this yeah. week is really just to think of proctoring as a verb. It's uh-huh. an action. It's a some. It's something that requires us to do some pre work before, during, and after. Before, during, and after, okay. and really try to think of it as an action. And I think of that action as not that my kids grow so much, but are they getting better? Do they feel better? Do they have better self-talk about how an assessment is going? And are they are we using it? Mm-hmm. Because I think it also forces me to use the data more, quicker, faster, because I want to give them that data. That's a good point. Yeah. That's good. Well, teachers, uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll chat again soon. Thanks again for joining us here at Copy Room Chat. If you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and click the button so you don't miss any of the chat. And remember, head over to www.thepracticalteachers.com for more resources and to sign up for our monthly newsletter.